0: Well, a great greeting to you all, many faces familiar and, and deeply loved, many new. And uh, just to see your excitement to be here at Foothill Bible Church, your, your love for the body, your desire to serve Christ and the people of God in this place is just so encouraging to us. Uh, when we left, we certainly left a large piece of our heart here and you will always be very dear to us. So greetings on behalf of our extended family in Kootenai Community Church in North Idaho and our children and grandchildren, greetings. You know, family stories are an important part of our legacy. Our children and grandchildren never tire of hearing Carol and I recount how God wonderfully saved us and then brought us together as husband and wives. They just love to hear those stories over and over again. Why? Why are family stories so important? Why? The answer is because they connect us to our past and prepare us for our future. They connect us to our past. And they prepare us for our future. We see this idea of looking back and forward throughout the scriptures. For example, in Psalms chapter 92, verses 1 and 2, we read, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To look back, And to look forward. You know, God frequently exhorts His people to remember the past, to remember the past, and to do so as a reminder of both the devastating consequences of unbelief and the nearness of Yahweh to forgive and bless His people. In Psalm 79, the Verse 13, if we were to let our eyes just go back a few verses earlier, we we see this. Psalm 79, verse 9, the psalmist writes, Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us, and forgive our sins for your name's sake. So we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever to all generations and we will tell of your praise. We will recount, really, the great salvation of our God. And that is what this celebration is about, is it not? It is ultimately that. Recently, Carol and I had opportunity to travel back to New England, a place of our home and upbringing. And there, while traveling around New England, we saw many formerly Calvinistic congregational churches in which the gospel no longer existed. They were mere shells, mere empty buildings from which the Spirit of God had long since left. Why? Why do some churches thrive generationally and others seem to last but a lifetime. Why is that? We think about Jesus' words to Peter in Matthew 16 and verse 18, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And yet, that promise is a general promise, not a specific. It is not a specific promise to any single church. COVID damage to many, many evangelical churches across America stand as a stark evidence from their failure to prepare for the difficult times that came. Well, as I think about Foothill Bible Church and the purpose of this great celebration I ask the following question. What specific means of grace has Christ used to protect and prosper this church? What specific means of grace has Christ used to protect and prosper this church? In the time before me, I have three of them for you and we will move through them very quickly three of them. The first is this. It is submission to the scriptures. It is submission to the word of God. This is God's great means of grace. We see this submission to scriptures here at Foothill Bible Church manifest in many, many ways. Let me just recount but a few. It is the expositional pulpit, it is the, it is the systematic and regular and deep teaching of the word of God. In the words of the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Timothy chapter three and, and beginning in verse 12, he writes, indeed all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Oh, do we live in those days? But you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, is inspired by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I solemnly charge you in light of that, that you, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. The necessary implication of the inerrancy of the scriptures is expositional preaching of the scriptures. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Expositional preaching is one of the means of grace that that the Spirit of God has used through the decades to build his church here in Upland. We find other important implication or or examples of the submission to the scriptures in corporate prayer, in in the practice of corporate prayer. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus In chapter six and beginning in verse 18, he says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The gospel advances on the prayers of his people. It is, the, it is the prayer, the heartfelt, persistent prayer of the people of God that moves the hand of God and blesses the preaching of the word to make it effectual in the hearts and the minds of people. Submission to the scripture without corporate prayer is inconceivable. We find evidences of the submission of the scriptures in the plurality and servant leadership of the elders. This is another means of grace. First Peter speaks of such things in chapter five, beginning in verse one, where he writes, therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and and witness of the sufferings of Christ and are partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. One of the great joys of this ministry is the reality that the elders of Foothill Bible Church sit under the authority of the same scriptures as everybody else. And it is that commitment to the scriptures demonstrated in the leadership structure that has been a means of grace for many decades. One more for you, and of course, time would certainly elude me if I were to continue on, or at least that's what the writer of the Hebrews says, but. And that's what a preacher says when they're running short of material, but. But an emphasis on congregational Bible reading. An emphasis on congregational Bible reading, both at the personal level and corporately, is another means of grace. Another means of grace, First Timothy chapter four, Verse 13, Paul writes to young Timothy, until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation to teaching. The public reading of the word of God has a, has a key foundational important role in the life of the church. It is a means of grace. So submission to the scriptures, that was number one. Number two, number two, I, whatever. You're not going anywhere, are you? I heard lunch is provided, so you're not going anywhere. And Mike has got like an hour sermon prepared. I'm the warm up act. Number two. Number two as a means of grace is an investment in training and raising leadership internally. An investment in training and lead, in, in raising leadership internally. I can never evade Paul's words again to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2, where he says, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We have four generations, four links in gospel chain in that one verse. It is so important and it, and it has been shown with such faithfulness and commitment through the years here. Let me remind you of just a few such things. In 1998, we launched a Foothill Institute for Theological Training, commonly known as FIT. And for a period of 14 years, on Monday nights, we systematically trained men and women in hermeneutics, Bible and theology and ministry skill. And God, many of you out there, I I can see your faces, you partook of that and benefited from that. It is a great legacy. Now, TC Training Center is launched here, and and people are excited about this. And well, they should be. It, It is an amazing training opportunity And the dividends that will spill forth from this, uh, we can't even begin to imagine. It is such a wonderful thing. I think back on seminary training and ministry internships that this congregation so generously provided to many. Funding seminary when it is such an expensive and, and daunting proposition for so many young men. And yet out of the generosity of your hearts, the giving of God's people, it was made available to many myself and but one example of such an investment. And I certainly could not overlook the small group ministry and the training involved in raising small group leaders and and spreading the shepherding function out within the congregation If my memory is correct, it it began in 2006, and so it has been going for a long time, and, and, and it is still gaining traction. What a tremendous means of grace it is to invest in the training and raising of leadership internally. Training done right inevitably produces an outward focus. And that is my third example of the means of grace. It is an outward focus, a submission to the scriptures, an investment in training and raising leadership internally. And third, an outward focus, an outward focus. Evangelism and church planting has always been important at Foothill Bible Church, and by God's grace, We have been enabled to plant several churches. Some, or excuse me, Columbia Bible Church in 2005 continues today in Nampa, Idaho, as a a gospel-preaching, disciple-making body of Christ. 2010 Summit Bible Church in Fontana, again, continues to this day preaching the gospel, seeing men and women and boys and girls saved, making disciples. Oh, I think about the door-to-door evangelism. You remember rapping on doors? We knocked on every single door in this community and, and many of them more than once. Do you remember the evangelism training? Two ways to live, Roman road, God used that in many of our lives to to make us more bold, more articulate in our own gospel witness. Evangelism and church planting. Worldwide missions. Worldwide missions. 10 homegrown missionaries and church planters sent out from this fellowship in the last 30 years. You know, there are many churches that go a lifetime without any of that being possible. And yet, here, God has richly produced such an abundance of growth. Beloved, when you are facing outward rather than inward, you are willing to send your best, and your best are willing to go. Worldwide missions. And finally, an outward focus expressed in hospitality in hospitality, the recognition that the love of strangers is a command for all and not a spiritual gift for the few. Do you remember when Colin Marshall was with us in 2010 and we first gained some of the vocabulary that still inhabits structures of the church even to this day? Do you remember the ministry of the pew? The ministry of the pew, the idea that coming on Sunday is not about seeing what you can get, but what you can give. Looking around and seeing who today, oh Lord, let me have one conversation today to encourage someone to draw close to Christ. It's a mindset that, that infects a congregation and is infectious. It is gospel oriented. Oh, beloved, in the midst of all of the success, there is a sober warning. There is a sober warning, and it is this. Unbelief always lies close at hand. We must not, we cannot pat ourselves on the back as if we have done anything. It is all to the glory of God and the power of his spirit. The words of Colin Marshall have rung in my ears for over a decade. The first generation believes the gospel. The next generation assumes the gospel and the third generation loses the gospel. We must. We dare not invest in the, in the passing on of this precious truth. Carol and I pray for you with regularity, as I know many of you continue to pray for us. I wrote to Bernie some time ago in a, in a correspondence, and I said, you know, our, our love for Foothill has not waned but like when our first child was born and we loved that little girl so much. And then we found out we were expecting again and we thought, how is it possible to, to love another as we love this one? And, and then we realized that, that our love was, didn't have to be divided, that it, that it grew. We love Kootenai Community Church. And, Ponderay, Idaho, oh, is it Ponderay or is it Kootenay? Uh, it's Kooteny, sorry, that's probably why it's called Kootenay Community Church, I'm still working on stuff. <laughs> it's north of here, <laughs> we love that fellowship. We do, we do and they love us, but it has not diminished our love for you at all, not one bit, God has expanded our hearts. May I pray? Our great God and Father, it is with hearts overflowing with love for you because you first loved us and sent your son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sin. When we were not looking for you, you came looking for us. You set your love upon us. And by the mysterious power of your Holy Spirit, you, you caused us to be born again to a new and living hope. That one we once despised, we now love. We see the beauty of Christ. We are compelled to follow him. And Father, this Fellowship here at Foothill Bible Church is is but an expression of that miraculous work of your spirit among your people. How we rejoice in what you have done and pray with a soberness of spirit that we would not lose our first love but would continue the pursuit of Christ and the making of disciples. Jesus calls us home. Amen and amen.